Hey everybody, welcome back to another David and Cal show. We are here in the midst of quarantine, although I do have to admit, Cal, from seeing everything that's going on, it seems as though like quarantine isn't even like, you know, in place anymore. I, I feel like we, we are getting back to a, a level of normalcy though. It, do you get that vibe? Even though we're at probably the peak of the curve in most uh, states and cities, people have just decided that Corona is no longer an issue. Yeah, it's so weird. I have I have no idea what's going on. There has to be like some sort of there's I Cal, I can guarantee you five years or maybe even less years down the line, you're gonna see a college class taught in like sociology specifically on 2020 and how like us as like an American society treated coronavirus. D- yeah, oh. There's yeah, like they- there's like four different narratives going on. One of being like extremely serious, another being, you know, serious enough to you know follow certain guidelines there's some who are more lax and but still recognize it as a threat and those who sometimes even say that it doesn't even exist and it's like a uh an invention of bill gates or 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 whatever Um, yeah it's i mean this one's going to go down in the history books uh especially in psychology especially in psychology like it's it's insane that how much it varies there's i know some people who still haven't left their home since this entire thing started that would be me actually yeah i think my family would be falling into that category of category one which is uh, very scared of the situation which i understand there could be concerns and you know it's something that i have to respect my parents wishes and you know to all those out there who are um are teenagers or whatever and facing similar situations where your viewpoint may not exactly align with your parents keep in mind at the end of the day you they pay the bills to, yes well that's it but but you need to respect their <laughs> wishes and their concerns um but i think we do have some explaining to do cal it has been you know a hot minute it's been a hot minute since the last time we recorded a david and cal show and you know there's a good reason for us not doing so and cal what's the reason here i haven't been able to speak to be honest with you um (laughs) i i i went into surgery to get my wisdom teeth removed i'd say three days ago and let me tell you that was an awful experience (laughs) i I'll just do the entire story. So, um, yes, start I, I, get, I get it scheduled. Um, I, I go into the office. I put the mask on, of course. I sit down. They tell me it's it's happening. Um, we're gonna put an <laughs> IV in you to get you know we're gonna knock you out. They put uh-huh. the IV in me, and I say, "Are the drugs going in?" And they're like, "I think so." And I'm like, "I is it in?" And then um, as the drugs start going in you completely lose all self-control. You cannot fight it. You have no urge to fight it. It was the weirdest thing. I've never experienced it before. And Wow, that sounds yes. like heroin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, you'd know from experience, David. So we, <laughs> the drugs go in. I close my eyes. And David, simultaneously, I open my eyes again. And the surgery is over. Dude, oh my God. That is, okay. Okay, so this is this is not something like unique to me. Because... I didn't have my um, wisdom teeth removed, but um, in fact, I don't think I ever I ever will because I was born with some pretty messed up teeth, uh-huh. and then I'm missing a couple of my permanent teeth. Um, really? Yeah, um, I I don't have like for instance the very back, you know, the back molars. Hey, you don't have I actually. I don't have some of the permanent teeth, so when the baby teeth fell out, they just fell out and nothing replaced it ever. <laughs> so the wisdom teeth actually came in quicker. Like I think my wisdom teeth came in like when I was 14 or something. Yeah. And and they replaced 
my missing molar. Oh, look at that. Molar. Have a good relationship so, with them. I actually, yeah, um, it's it's good and bad in that uh, I know probably will never have to face wisdom teeth. However, you know, given the fact that I have pretty messed up teeth, um, for some reason I was born with like my teeth, my permanent. So you know, you have your baby teeth on top, right? Yeah, your permanent below. Some of my teeth are like sideways. So really? when they grow up, they grow up literally laterally or horizontally. Horizontally, sorry. Uh, well, I uh, find it, David. I find it cool. You. You actually went through the process that wisdom teeth are supposed to go through. And humans used to, you know, chew on really hard things, bark, get through bone marrow, and they would wear down their back molars so fast that the new set of wisdom teeth, by the time they were in their uh, late teens to 20s, would actually end up replacing their teeth. But because we use our teeth so um, conservatively, it's, uh, we have to remove them. There's no place for them. Wow, you know what? That's that's actually very interesting because I never took that into consideration why we actually do have these wisdom teeth and why we need to remove them. I always thought that they were just like, I mean, I guess they are a, like kind of you know a, uh, redundant nowadays, kind of like our um, what should we call it appendix? Oh yeah, or yeah, in yeah. some more extreme cases, you know, one of our kidneys. Mm. Like you know, you can remove them without any actual harm or detriment to your bodily functions. Um. But I never, I never thought about like the actual uh, uh, biological impact of wisdom because I mean we had it at one point, which means that nature decided for us that this was important. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's so cool how I, how I kind of you know went back, regressed a little bit in terms yeah. of evolution, and uh, <laughs> and you uh, did it. Congratulations! I, I, I did it the right way, you know. Uh, um, so you know, being uh, you know post surgery, wasn't able to eat anything. My my teeth were unable to chew, so. I look for an alternative, like a meal replacement, a diet replacement. Mm-hmm. And I remembered I seeing a video on the stuff a long time ago called Soylent. And I said this to myself, "This is not sponsored by Soylent, by the way." But, not not know, sponsored, if, but I mean, if they want if to, if they're listening, you know, hit us up. <laughs> uh, well, I'm gonna kind of trash talk it for a sec. Oh, so never mind, don't sponsor us. <laughs> so you know, I, I go to the store. I get four different flavors. I did chocolate, uh, cafe chai, vanilla, some other ones. And I'm like, I'm only just, I'll make this an experiment. I'm only going to drink Soylent for the next three days. And it's supposed to and replace it, all the nutrients you need. Okay. So it, it is supposed to be like a meal replacement, right? Yeah. They put a disclaimer. They're like, uh, well, they, have, they have a disclaimer on every bottle. I, I thought I had a bottle in my room. They, they say it's not a meal replacement. It's just an alternative for occasional meals. But okay. But the, there's a movie because they based it off this movie called Soylent Green. And it's, it's. Soylent green, you could actually replace everything you eat with just soylent green. So I said, hey, let's do it. On <laughs> go ahead. Well, no, I was about to say, like, wait, grain as in rice? Like like No no uh here, let me Soylent Green. Yeah, Soylent Green 1973 film. And they put dead people inside like chips and they'd eat the chips and it would fill you up, I guess. I don't know. Interesting. Well, because um, I, I know, like in in terms of legends and all that, let's let's go off in like a deep campfire story here. Um, of course, one of like the holy grails of nutrition and genetic engineered uh, food is to find like this like this little little grain sized or rice sized little pellet that if you eat it, it's the equivalent of a meal and that could potentially like solve world hunger. Yes, right? yes, yes. Uh, um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I heard soylent grain. I was like, that sounds a lot like what that is trying to do. Well, Soylent, that's their goal is to, is to someday, you know, get Soylent to smaller and smaller serving sizes until you can just 
one a shot, shot you're, you're good for the day. Meal. <laughs> but I was actually uh, listening to the the founder of it, and he says the ultimate goal is to like put this bacteria in your body that feast on um, that, that it feast on radiation, nuclear energy, and then you could just put take a put in your arm, take the energy the bacteria creates after it eats you know the nuclear energy from like a piece of uranium in your body, and it would just be a never ending cycle of energy. Yeah, like your body wait, would wait, have wait, its own wait, little wait, reactor. Wait, wait, you're telling me that this CEO, the future, the the future that he foresees, <laughs> are nuclear powered humans? I guess so. Nuclear powered humans. Yes, that, that's that's the future that he he envisions. Yeah. Oh my god. That's. That is, I mean, um, would you take that shot? I mean, I think I would. I feel like at that point, at that point, you you are going way too far of what like human <laughs> nature was ever supposed to do ever. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's like a biological argument like, oh my God, well, what if one day, like, whoa, here's the thing. What if that we do like annihilate each other in nuclear war? Yeah. Maybe eventually we would naturally evolve to like, f- like feast on n- nuclear radiation. So maybe Ooh. all the CEO is doing is like predicting the future and like he sees World War III coming. He's like, you know what? Let's just, let's, we'll let's all be give, nuclear reactors. There you yeah. Go. Let's, let's not give mother nature, you know, her satisfaction of taking millions of years to adapt. Let's just do it like over a year. That's, yeah. that's how we've done it. <laughs> that's how America does it. And so we'll continue doing it in the future. Amen to that. There you um, go. No, but uh, to, go ahead. to go back though. Well, I mean, the reason I, I'm, I'm skipping a, a few, uh, a few lines here, but um, going all the way back to when you first got your wisdom teeth out. And when you had that moment of like, you closed your eyes and you like, so like, it's almost like you blinked, right? Like you close your eyes, you open it and you're done. Yeah. No, like, it, it like really felt, no, it didn't even feel like two hours, David. I closed my eyes, well, opened them, uh-huh. done. Well, yeah, well, how long did the procedure last? Uh, it was 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that um, ridiculously long. And yeah, it, it was just so weird. I've never, I've never felt time just completely disappear. It felt like I blinked and I woke up. And there I was done. Uh-huh. Well, the, the reason why I mentioned that, and the reason why I say I was so surprised, like, oh my god, this is not just me. Yeah, I've had in my seventeen years of blissful life, I've only had one single instance where I where I've experienced that naturally with no drugs, no anesthesia, oh, what? Nothing once. And I remember this so clearly, like the like like it happened yesterday. I was like at. I would say I was like five or six years old. Okay. And I was sleeping. And back then I lived in Utah. And in Utah, we had homes like with basements. And normally I slept on the second floor. There was where my bedroom was. But for this day, I don't remember why I was sleeping in the basement mm-hmm. um, in my dad's bedroom. And uh, oh, yeah, he was like away on a conference. And for some reason, I just want to sleep in his bedroom in like the damp, cold basement. In the big bed, um, the, the California and I remember, King. Like, every, yeah, yeah, you will never see this in California. <laughs> but um, I I remember it so clearly. Like everything about that night was so perfect in condition. Like it was just damp or humid enough to be comfortable. You know how like people have like um humidifiers in the rooms to like yeah, up the yeah. humidity for sleep. Uh-huh. It was like a perfect natural humidity right there. Ooh, and so like when also, you breathe in, it doesn't dry out your throat. It's yeah, just like got it, got it. Exactly, exactly, and um. And it, it was like spring, late spring, I think, because winter would be way too cold in Utah. So it, it was decently cold enough to be comfortable. And like the blanket, the mattress was cold and it was it was comfortable. And all in all, it was a blissful experience. And then I remember I closed my eyes, like I blinked. I closed my eyes and I woke, opened my eyes. And then there I was, the sunshine was seeping in 
Was it sunshine? No, I was in a basement. I don't know why there was sunshine then. Wow. Did, did it come down the staircase? Oh, no, 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 no. So our basement was semi, semi-submerged. So like the very oh, top, there were like windows. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah it was like it was like sunlight. It, it's like literally from like a Disney movie. Like you wake up, <laughs> like the sunlight. You can see the sunlight streaming from the windows from the top, and um, you know, there's a little dust in the air and everything. It was the yeah, basement after all. Uh-huh. So and then, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, well, why? why? S- like, do you think it was the perfect conditions that caused you to sleep like that? I have, I have no idea. I. Well, here's the thing. I don't think I've ever experienced the same conditions before. And I don't know, just everything about it. And and what sucks and what's so great as well at the same time is that it only ever happened to me once in my life. And the other time that did happen, though, this wasn't naturally. I also had a tooth surgery uh, that, you know, this the, the I don't know what they're called, the, the dentist, the, the surgical dentist. Uh, they had to uh, okay, hook my tooth. Because, uh-huh. you know, it was growing horizontally. So they have to, like, you know, literally pull it laterally. You know, yeah. Kind of, like, wrench it out of its out of its little uh, little <laughs> orientation there. Yeah. And same thing. Like, um, they didn't inj- – I think they – yeah, no, they did inject me. They, they injected me with anesthesia. They asked me to count down to 10. I remember hitting four, I think. And then, yeah, it was like five, four. And then closed my eyes. Literally, bl- it felt like blinking, right? Opened it right back up, and then boom, there it was, done. Felt completely horrible, um, and yet that was the only other time. But the, the natural time, the natural time when I was in my bed, that was probably the most euphoric experience of my entire life. We need to we need to hunt down the house that you guys used to live in. Well, we still it. have it. It's still yeah, in Utah. I mean, we really? still own it. Oh, you guys, you guys do? So, you guys rent it out or something? Yeah, we rented out. Um, got so, it, got so it. yeah, it could be where one day I, I may seriously need for my own closure mentally, spiritually, and physically to go back there and try <laughs> to recreate that same beautiful, you know, literal, uh, like, it was it was to the point of, like, rapture. <laughs> I just felt so amazing that day. Like, how could I possibly remember <laughs> that? What, what is I it, know. 12 years ago? 12, 13 yeah. years ago? Yeah, yeah, and you remember it so... so so vividly everything even the reason why you were down there and i mean it must have been must have been life-changing honestly yeah like i can if i i'm closing my eyes right now cal and i'm closing my eyes and i can literally see myself in that room in that exact moment i woke <laughs> up and the sunlight was streaming down um but anyways um that's just an aside if anyone has also experienced this please i'm begging you find me reach to me contact me in any way and Tell me how you experienced that, and so maybe I can replicate it in your way as well. Because that is my only life goal at this point is to find <laughs> is, to, is to is to find that experience again. Yes, um, but uh, of course, big big tangent. We were talking about Cal's uh, wonderful experience with Soylent. Yes, yes. Uh, so I I don't know. I was I was, I was kind of spec. I was like, does Soylent really have everything you need? Like, am I gonna die? I, I watched a Vsauce video of uh, Vsauce Michael. He he like trapped himself in a white room um, to see like the effect of boredom on a human over the span yeah, of like, like forty eight hours. Isolation. And he he also only drank vanilla soylent to take away that that set of stimulation away. Um. So I said, okay, let's let's try it. <sighs> My review, I'd give soylent if if it's the only thing you're you're drinking, I'd give it a six to a two a five out of ten. I'd say okay, it's okay, it's, not bad. It's overall positive. You know, it, you're you're not hungry. You, it's the weirdest thing. You, you're never hungry, but you're never full. You're just perfectly 
your stomach just has the right amount of food in it. So the, the problem is, is there's this, uh, watch this video on it. Apparently it's really cheap proteins. Uh, it lacks a lot of essential vitamins and a lot of its, uh, vitamin supplements. It has no antioxidants. Um, and the big kicker is all of the fat that comes from Soylent is harvested from canola oil. It's refined canola oil. And half of all the calories I was drinking were refined canola oil, which means 50% of my diet for the last three days has been canola oil. Well, yeah. I mean, wording it like that, it sounds like that sounds pretty... <laughs> pretty devastating honestly because <laughs> um, like what was it um i remember like the, the reason why i used to really like pizza like mm. really really like pizza almost to an un- unhealthy extent yeah but i remember someone someone equated it to like okay eating a slice of average american pizza is like taking two spoonfuls of just vegetable oil and i don't i remember i don't like i remember that so clearly and how i imagined it it would just felt so gross like the oil just coating my mouth and throat and it was just an absolutely horrible experience and because of that i lost interest in pizza really um, it wasn't after of course i tasted little oven pizza that reinstated good save um yeah. luckily it was canola oil i was still getting like my omega-3s and it has a good ratio uh, for that but yeah it wasn't still, like pure man. animal fat or something yeah i don't know it's just i i felt really lightheaded by day three every time i bent over it felt like i was about to pass out and that wasn't be, and I wasn't on Vicodin, and I wasn't on ibuprofen. That was just straight, no medication Soylent. being taken. Just the only thing I was in my system was Soylent. I could barely stand by day three. So, oh boy, yeah, I started to drink smoothies, iron, just get everything back in my system. Then I feel a lot better now. Um, it was it was yeah. worth an experiment, though. I, I know it's we're not there yet as as humans. Yeah, and and you know that kind of experience, the, the thing where like, oh, I feel lightheaded. That's like how diets go wrong. Like I've heard of so many like, oh, people have gone keto or um, you know low carb, low fat, or vegan, vegetarian. You know, all of those diets if done well, you know, they, they can yield results. But if not done well, and some of them require like literally like measuring your food, otherwise you're off. You'll you'll feel horrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the kind of symptoms you can get because you're you're malnourished in one thing, whether it's iron or a certain vitamin or even minerals. Um, one thing for sure, sure is, um, at least in normal diets, maybe in vegan or vegetarian diets, protein deficiencies almost never occur. Yeah, um, pro- yeah protein's honestly easy to come by even if you're not eating meat. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly the most popular nutrient in America. Like, everyone's talking about, like, oh, protein this, protein that. Everything yeah. is that contain protein. Like, chocolate milk. Oh, we double the protein in it. <laughs> 20 grams of protein. Even, even the milk I drink, uh, Fairlife milk, it's just supposed to be regular milk. They still, because it's uh, it's lactose-free milk, they, like, put it in a lab and they remove oh, all the lactose. They double the protein. I'm like, what? Yeah. How do they, how is that even possible? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's partly due to the fact that like our society, for some reason, by simplifying a bunch of scientific research, somehow deemed eating protein giving gains. Like they equate that like, oh, I know. if I eat protein of any kind and, and you know, protein does not mean anything in and of itself. It depends on like what kind of, uh, what kind of, uh, you know, I forgot what the specific term was, but like, you know, this, all, not all proteins were made equally. Yeah, the, um, I mean, for some reason... Yeah. There's, there's like proteins harvested from milk, wheat. I mean, you can get so many different kinds of proteins and it's important to get all of them, not just one. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. But I think the the fitness industry plus the bodybuilding industry plus oh, even yeah. I would say the dairy industry has like perpetuated this nar- narrative of protein being like the number one thing that contributes yeah, to I mean, like a swole body or wh- fit whey, body. Whey protein, isn't that harvested from, from milk? Yeah, I think uh, um, obviously I'm not too much of an expert, but I heard, yeah, milk proteins are, are generally where whey. whey is gotten from. Yeah. But um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you lost weight, I'm sure, right? Oh yeah, um, I started uh, this whole process at 145, and now I'm at 138. Oh my god! So yeah, in three days, this is like what three, four days. Yeah. Oh no, my it's, god! It's 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 ridiculous because uh, I mean I'm usually a four thousand to uh, three thousand five hundred calorie eater a day. Uh, mm. Like I'm one of those like eat the entire pizza guys, and not because. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even because I enjoy it or because I have like a fooding and eating addiction. It's because I will, Simply got to. I will lose weight if I don't. I'm, I'm, it's just, I guess it's a, a blessing and a curse uh, in some yeah. ways, but Soylent, sorry, it's, it's going to be out of my diet as soon as yeah, possible. And I can see it as like a, as like a, as like a supplement rather than a exactly. replacement. Like, no, like if you were it, to like drink. Oh, go ahead. Well, if you were, I was going to say, like, if you were going to drink, um, you know, a, a Soylent bottle, like maybe as like a pre-workout even, or, or just simply like, okay, how about this? You, you do six meals a day, but like smaller meals, like a normal breakfast, but small, and then a Soylent bottle. And then, because we, we've talked about snacking on the show a lot. And we've talked about how, you know, consistent eating is better than three massive meals a day. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. So no, a, just, yeah, a Soylent in between meals, that's perfect. It's... Because it, it really does, it picks you up, has some good energy. They even have a cafe version that they incorporate a, caffeine. a thymine and caffeine. Yeah, it's, mm, it, okay. and amino acids as well they, to keep you focused. They, they, I mean, they got the science down, but just don't use it as, it's not a replacement. It's just an alternative for the occasional meal. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's how they market it anyways, because I mean, their entire scheme is like, oh, this is a quick consumable. Right? Exactly. I mean, it's just it's just a quick drink is like a smoothie just down it um it's also just liquid so you know if you're if you're a real go-getter you know you don't have to waste time chewing you just glug it while you walk to your next meeting i don't know <laughs> yeah. but um um yeah i mean i can totally see it as like a thing where you would buy for you know if you're looking for consistent eating patterns where you have like a small breakfast you know you know an egg or two and you know some oatmeal and then a couple hours maybe like an hour or two hours later you down a soylent a couple hours later, normal small lunch, maybe some you know a fruit or two, and then uh, a grain bread. I don't know. Yeah. Then another well, soy bottle dinner. You, you know, some, some evenly distributed. There you go. Perfect. That's a perfect way to incorporate it. But uh, what I will say though is taking all the meat, uh, all the milk, like all the dairy, just anything animal related out of my diet, dude. Like taking all the hormones away, my skin actually. <laughs> It has never been clear ever in these last three days. Like everything has gone away. It looks full. It's and I could pretty much completely attribute it to just the diet itself. I I haven't done anything different. The diet really? has carried my skin to the next level. Interesting. Wow. Well, I mean, speaking of skin, like, um, as you, uh, we were talking about this before the we were talking about before the before starting recording, but um, skincare is actually I would say would okay. Would you do, agree with me here, Cal? Skincare routines. Or skincare in general is not frowned upon, but it's no, less it is frowned upon. It, frowned in, upon. Okay, well, in the, then, in the male community, I would say yes. skin is definitely skincare is definitely frowned upon. Yeah, and 
I never understood why. Like, I'll admit it now, my skin routine for literally the longest time prior to three weeks ago, uh, no, not three weeks ago, what am I talking about? Probably a week ago, <laughs> was just simply splashing water on my face, occasionally soap if I feel extra not clean, uh, and, you know, pat it down and then boom, you're done. That's that's it. Call it, call it a night, brush your teeth, be done with it. And I saw this ad the other day for for this um, other. Yeah, I was going to mention that. We're just giving shout to companies every single day now. Yeah, um, I was going to mention that. There's like a company that's trying to cater uh, skincare towards guys and change the way that we look at it. What's uh-huh. what's the company called? Well, for, for, uh, there's multiple. But for the one that I bought, it was called Lumen. I swear, we're, we're Lumen, getting free yeah. handouts here. We, we really need to get sponsored by some of these guys. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, no, but but yes, yeah, Lumen, it's, it's directly marketed for male skincare. And yeah, it's just a very simple three product thing where it's like, you know, you get a charcoal cleanser, you get a moisturizing balm, and then you get an exfoliating rub. And I bought it for the idea that I knew I wasn't taking care of my skin completely. Like you can't just splash water around it and consider it done, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I tried it. And the amazing thing is I got way more than better skin. Well, I don't know if I got better skin yet because it's only been like a few, but only been a week. So I can't tell results. Yeah. But something extra that I got out of it that was immediate, by the way, this was immediate results. And it's something that is completely overlooked by many, many people when it comes to routines in general. Uh, actually, I would say one of my bigger motivations for doing this, for doing the Lumen skincare, is not actually to get better skin. I'm going to say it right now. It's because I was looking for a routine. Uh, I started about a couple months ago making my own bed in the morning. Uh, I saw this fantastic talk from like this naval commander who was like, you want to be successful? Start with making your bed. And he explained it so well. And I have to agree with him. Like just this really small thing of making your bed in the morning, like make that your first thing that you do. I know some people, their first routines is to check their phones in the morning. Right? I mean, that was me for, for the longest time as well. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, well. check your phone check email or check social media and having this one like you start off the day clean right you start off the you start the day doing something right which is such a huge feeling i would say that it's so overlooked like people start off on the wrong foot every single day by doing something that they know is not productive like checking social media or uh-huh. um just skipping a skipping an alarm or something that makes them feel bad and uh, you, you know, it may, fe- okay, let me rephrase that. It feels good in the moment, but they know is not the best. You know, I know, I, yeah, we, I know what you mean. Yeah, so ha- starting, be- I, I made my bed every day and it just felt so good. And I literally felt every single day. And this was, by the way, this was in quarantine as well. When quarantine started, I just felt like my day was just sl- that much more structured. Like it was anchored down for some reason. Wow, dude, I, um, that's, that's a good idea. I was thinking about buying a giant chalkboard. And then the first thing I do every morning is write down what I want to do that day on the giant chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, I think they're called like um, they're not goal boards. I forgot what they were called. Something specific where like you want to manifest, like like you. Um, oh man, I am. I'm gonna be pissing off a lot of people not knowing this word, but but it's like a board that you put down like all your goals for today, this week, this month, this year. And it gets like broader and broader, but it's like um, you're supposed to manifest your goals and all that. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like the, the more you do so, the more you think about it, the more you try to believe it come true. It yeah. comes true. It oh, does come true. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I am. I am. I cannot remember for the life of me. But yeah, I wanted to to go back on skincare. Um, I wanted to talk about just acne in general and like getting rid of acne. So 
I, I used to use like a multitude of skincare products to try to catch up with people because I always, I mean, junior year, you noticed, you must have noticed at least a little bit, David. Oh, you yeah. Know, my, my skin wasn't perfect at, by any means. It, I had a lot of acne um, uh-huh. down my neck, around my face. So, But it got better like pretty quick. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't do it because of skincare products. I, I tried everything, to be honest with you. I bought, I probably spent over $100 in skincare products every year trying to fix it. Um, and then I just finally said, why don't we just go to the dermatologist and just see what the solution for this is? And uh, I did. And now I take one pill every day and I have no more acne. It was that simple the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, uh, I know there's been a bunch of talks about like acne and how that kind of relates to teen culture and how it's so frowned upon. Yeah. I understand that acne can reach a level where um, where it's detrimental, like it, it actually hurts. And it's a disease and, you know, it has to be treated professionally by a dermatologist. Mm-hmm. But then what's also funny and what's, I guess, a curious thing to talk about. Like, I know people who post online or, or talk and they have like a tiny, barely noticeable uh, red fleck or, or some inconsistency with skin, which, by the way, is completely natural. By saying skin is perfectly smooth as what, like, makeup would, would make it seem like it to be so, is just simply... Uh, yeah. an illusion <laughs> right true, true. yeah that's just not true um and yeah like they have like a tiny tiny barely noticeable in fact most of the time not noticeable like i wouldn't have noticed if they didn't mention it and like oh i'm breaking out again oh i have horrible acne right now and i, I get it it's like an exaggerative statement but i feel like you know there's there's two extremes here where one you really don't have acne you just have slight inconsistencies with skin and yeah, just yeah, yeah natural in a teenager's cycle of growth and development mm. and of course the other side of course i understand that there are situations where acne does get extreme enough to be considered it treatable and needed to be treated because uh, i remember i also had acne in middle school and yes it was it was noticeable and yes i did feel a certain level of self uh self i guess uh, i can't find the word but um you know what's that word <laughs> kel what is that word where you like you feel oh insecure oh my god i can't there you go. I forgot that word but i, <laughs> okay, I yeah. felt a little insecure about my self-image um but i mean it's just kind of eventually just faded away um as i grew um maybe it's because i changed my diet because i ate less rice and yeah, carbs. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. um because i honestly low-key i feel like just hearing from your story and mine and from other people i feel like Acne and skin has as much to do as maintenance, such as, you know, skincare routine, washing your face, showering, also with your diet. Like, I can imagine if you eat, like, a high-fat, high, you know, oil-dense diet. Oh, yeah, it takes a toll on your skin. I'm it, sure it takes a toll. The, my dermatologist said, I don't know if this is entirely true, um, but but she said it's pretty much 10% maintenance, 10% diet, 80% genetics. You can just get uh, really unlucky. I know some people who have the just most organized most consistent most expensive skincare routine and Still they're hard. just there's just acne riddled and there's nothing they can do about it 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 really comes down to this if you have a genetic problem with your acne and you've tried everything and it's and it's constantly itching and it's you know making you really insecure almost to the point of you having a, a problem mentally you should definitely seek a, a dermatologist because it, it helped me a lot I, I really hated having acne it just Mm-hmm. It, was, it, it was it's really sucked it was distracting it just made me feel horrible about myself so I'm, I'm glad i reached out to a professional yeah i mean this could definitely be a much deeper conversation about yeah because because okay like you said right if it's 80 percent genetic 
why are we spending so much time worrying about something that we could not have possibly controlled? Like we were not there when our mom and mom and dad's, you know, chromosomes, you know, split up into unique patterns that ultimately determine who we are and who we look like. Um, same thing with height. Like if height is genetic, why are we? Well, I guess some of us could be insecure about height as well. But it's the same thing. Like well, eye, eye color. Right? Eye color is well, actually 100. percent Well, genetic. here's the thing about yeah. Here's the thing about height. Uh, having a big nose or having no jawline or something along those lines is there isn't anything you can do about that. There's nothing you can do. That's that's literally your bone structure. But these skincare companies have convinced you that using their product will solve your problem. So now people think that there is a solution to their problem when there really isn't. Mm-hmm. That'll be I. You must give like uh, you know a, a genius award to whoever thought of the marketing idea to because look he create the the person who did this right he not only he or she he not he or she not only created the problem but created the solution to that problem like i'm sure at one point (laughs) acne was just a natural thing we all just kind of took it for granted yeah um you you know uh inconsistent skin or not (laughs) literally not perfect pure skin was just a simple just a simple reality and no one really cared because it was just like a normal thing Mm. but somewhere down the line capitalism took hold and the person who was probably in charge of some acne cream company was like you know what i'm gonna create this problem (laughs) i'm gonna do a bunch of advertisements that show that kids are being made fun of for their acne or like oh my god don't you want perfect skin that's what like all the you know celebrities have Uh um and then they created that problem which was never a problem in the first place and then also made the solution which was skincare products (sighs) Um, David, we should just go. quit That's, podcasting. Let's just make a solution to the problem, make the problem, and then sell the solution to the problem. Yeah, know. exactly. It's it's creating supply and demand here. This is economics Ooh. 101. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, again, th- there are situations, as I have said before, that you know, if it is serious enough to like affect your daily well-being of, you know, if it's painful or itchy, yeah, that's, that's understandable. But I feel like there's also a different aspect to all of this that, um, you know, we've become hypersensitive about our personal image. Yeah. And, and I'd also like to, to give a thanks to movies like um, Lady Bird, where they actually gave the actors uh, depicting a high school student acne instead of making it a six foot four buff guy in his <laughs> mid twenties that has Dude, perfect skin. There could totally be, we can totally have a massive long conversation about how much Hollywood has negatively affected our culture because they, they're all about pandering a perfect image. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, mean there's, there's obviously reasons for that, but uh, yeah, I would be down to talk about it. Dude, David and Cal show, we talk about why high school musical ruined modern day America. <laughs> you know how, you know how, you know how many high schoolers actually look like that in high school musical? Zero. No, no one I, looks like that. I have never met life. one uh, in my entire life. Like, I, I mean, I, I've basically been to like five different high schools and I've never spotted a single person who yeah. looks like Zac Efron. Yeah, they're, they're fantasies. They're, they're, they're conjurations of the Hollywood mind, and it's yeah. ruined us. No, if you're, uh, anyways, if you're in middle school and you want a real depiction of what high school's about, please watch Lady Bird. It's it, it does it does a really good job. Yeah, yeah. Hats off to movies that like take reality as it is instead of trying to like amp it up for for whatever theatrical reason. But um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, this was a, an explosive conversation that we had, and um, <laughs> we honestly, we had a lot to talk about. We had we had a lot to talk about, and and I'm I'm ho- I hope everyone here also took something out. I would still recommend a skincare routine, even even stop talking about all this acne stuff because it, it gives structure to your life. 
and I wasn't able to dictate this well enough in this podcast, but maybe in a future one, but I really do have a lot to argue for to have a routine because it really gives you a, you know, a base for your oh, day. Yeah. You know, it gives you, I did, I will be doing this every single day. It's something that I can look forward to or look behind something that is consistent. And if you have consistency in life, it kind of like orders everything out else out. But um, anyways, enough of me rambling. Uh, this is, has done it for our David and Cal show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Cal. Um, uh, course, also for course. coming back on. Uh, yeah. I know recovering from wisdom tooth removal must not have been easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, and yeah, for our audience, we hope you guys stay safe, stay well, drink water, wash your hands, uh, be mindful of the current uh, uh, heartbeat of society. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode of We the Students Podcast. See ya.